We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Joining us right now, Booger McFarlane, college football and NFL analyst for ESPN. Booger, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Hey, man, I'm outstanding. Top of the morning, guys. Yes, top of the morning to you as well. Uh, um, before I get into some of the, the football stuff, I, I do want to get your take. We, we opened up the show talking about uh, how we wish that more people in the media didn't feel the need to uh, not express their opinions on some of the things that, that go on in this country, in the sports media especially. It seems like there's a lot of talk show hosts and, and sports talk people that you know would rather skirt around the issue or talk about something else as opposed to addressing it. Uh, you, as a uh, former black athlete, someone who is uh, has a high-profile media position now, uh, where do you stand on addressing social issues when you get that precious airtime? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm still black today. I'm not former black. Uh, as well, uh, <laughs> athlete, I'm sorry. I, I just, uh, you know what I meant. You know what I meant. Hey, hey, <laughs> well, hey Gio, I, mean, I, saw him, I saw him in Birmingham. He is still black. Yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I knew that. Former, former athlete. <laughs> former athlete. There you go. Yeah, sometimes people, people take things very literally. But uh, <laughs> I think you should be able to speak on your platform. I, I mean, especially now. I mean, if you think about this guy, Regardless of your political affiliation, whether you're Republican, Democrat, or Independent, uh, me, I like good people. And I think the thing that's bothering this country right now is a lot of people think that the guy that's president is just not a good person. And I think that's the biggest issue. So whether you have a, a disagreement with that, whether you have a disagreement with what's going on with Colin Kaepernick, we live in America. You should be able to voice your opinion. And I think Jonesy knows me better than anybody. Uh, on the phone right now, I voice my opinion, man. I mean, if there's an issue, I voice it. And I definitely agree with LeBron with what he said. I agree with Kaepernick. Everybody's talking about Kaepernick's hair and him kneeling down or sitting down, but nobody's addressing the real issue. And that's the fact that unarmed blacks and minorities continue to get killed at an alarming rate, and nobody does nothing about it. Like, that's the real issue, and I support those guys. Cool. Well said. Let's uh, discuss some football stuff. Uh, you're in the crosshairs of the volunteers, Tennessee volunteers again. You made a comment about Bush Jones. You didn't think he could get them over the hump, back-to-back nine and four seasons. So you see him in the same light as, say, and I'm going to reference basketball here, Doug Collins with the Chicago Bulls, Dale Harris with the Los Angeles Lakers, and Phil Jackson came in and got both of those squads over the hump, and even more recently, Mark Jackson at Golden State. Now Steve Kerr has won two titles leading that bunch. So you don't think Bush Jones is the guy to get them to a SEC conference championship? Well, here's what I say. I mean, Bush Jones had, I think, his best team last year. He had 18 starters back, and they still couldn't get it done. So if you're a logical-thinking guy like I know you and I are, Jonesy, I mean, what gives him any credence that he's going to do it this year? Uh, he's replacing 17, 18 starters, uh, new quarterback. Those booking and defensive ends are gone. And now Butch Jones wants us to believe that this is Tennessee's year. And, you know, sometimes as a coach, man, you, you got to give Butch his credit, first of all. He came in, he basically brought Tennessee back to where they are now. Now, 
are the Tennessee faithful happy with where they are? Are they happy with being an 8-9 win team? Or do they want to take an opportunity or take a chance to get to 10 or 11 wins? I don't know if Bush can get you to 10 or 11 wins because in order to do that, he's got to compete and win the SEC championship. I don't know if he can do that. Butch may be a coach, and I think this year is going to be a big year. He doesn't have all those starters. What's he going to do this year? Because I think if he goes eight and four, seven and five, it's going to be a lot of rumblings. And I think this is a huge year for Butch Jones, not because I think his team is going to be great, but it's going to be the first time, I think, that realistically, if he doesn't post a really good record, there are going to be some serious considerations about his job. Gio and Jones with Booger McFarland, who is still black. We just learned that for those who were who are wondering across the country on uh, CBS Sports Radio. Uh, another guy who's been uh, rumored to be on the hot seat, and it's not uh, fresh news, is, is Kevin Sumlin. Do you think this is going to be his last year at Texas A&M? Well, when your boss comes out and says you got to win, that tells me you better win. And first and foremost, let's define winning. To me, winning is not eight games. If you're Texas A&M, and you've spent $400 million on a new stadium renovation. you got a helicopter that you fly around Texas and recruit guys with. Uh, you got all the bells and whistles. you got a barbershop in your locker room. Then eight wins is not good enough. They're going to have to win 10 or 11 games. Kevin Sumlin, since he's been there, is underachieved. He's done a phenomenal, I mean a phenomenal job recruiting. But th- those recruits haven't translated on the field as far as talent and wins. And so I think this is a huge year. And guys, it's not me saying that. When his AD says he has a win, that's all I need to hear. Correct, Mundo. There, hey, uh, Auburn. Kevin Steele last year. I was he was in my crosshairs because when he was leading your LSU Tigers defense that one year, they regressed. So when you look at his track record, not just there, but at Clemson, also uh, at Baylor as a head coach. And so I didn't have a lot of faith in him. But that defense played lights out. Only gave up about 17, 18 points per game. Do you think they can do that again with the pieces they lost, Lawson, Adams on the defensive line, and now with a quarterback who can actually hit a wide receiver? Yeah, because I think uh, Jonesy this year, uh, he did something that he probably should have did at LSU. He kind of simplified things until guys got the hang of it. Well, the the latter part of last season, when they got the hang of it, Auburn's defense played really, really well. Uh, He has a lot of returning guys back up front. He's got some depth. Uh, in the trenches, which is where you have to have it in the SEC. And more importantly, I, I just think he's more comfortable now at Auburn in year two. You couple that with Jared Sitter, you couple that with that running game, I, I honestly think there's really one chief competitor to Alabama in the SEC, and it's Auburn. And I just pray that the SEC West comes down to the Iron Bowl that will be played in Auburn this year. To me, that will be the best that we can hope for in the SEC. Let's talk a little LSU. Back a couple weeks ago at SEC Media Days, Ed Orgeron made it a point to say, I'm a little bit more relaxed. I understand as a full-time head coach, I have to act a little bit differently. Uh, What do you think of that new Coach O approach, and do you think he can sustain that? Well, I mean, Coach O is Coach O, man. He's a a player's coach. He's fiery. He's emotional. Uh, He's going to be him. The key for him is can he motivate? Can he recruit? Can he get this team to be their best on Saturday? There's no doubt in my mind they have the right coordinators. When you look at Matt Canada, you look at Dave Aranda, I don't know if there's a better pair of o, uh, o, OC and DC in the country. Like when you put them together, I, I think if, if there's a better one, that there's, there's definitely not two. And so I think if you're Coach O, you've done all you can do right now. 
his job is going to make sure uh, is to make sure his guys are ready to play every Saturday. And if he can do that, LSU, like their floor, is probably eight nine wins. Their ceiling, depending on how Danny Etling plays, is eleven or twelve wins. Ole Miss, the fallout from the hypocrite Hugh Freeze, uh, Mr. Bible Belt himself. Uh, not living up to everything he's tweeting out to everybody else. Uh, do you think they overcome uh, that fallout? I like this young quarterback, Shea Patterson, and I think that defense is going to be much better having dealt with all the injuries, especially on the back end a season ago. No, Jones, they're going to be terrible this year. Like, Shea Patterson <laughs> will put up some points. Uh, Greg Little at left tackle is special. They got some, some freaks at wide receiver. But if you're going to tell me that this team is going through everything they're going through right now, it's going to be legitimate. I'll probably, I'll probably pass on that. Like last year, their defense was supposed to be pretty good, and it was terrible last year. So what gives you any credence to think that a year removed from that, with all the stuff going on around your coach, with all the sanctions, that now you're going to be a better team? I honestly think that the SEC West comes down to Alabama, Auburn, maybe LSU. Uh, other than that, I think the rest of the teams are just kind of playing for fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh place. No, I'm with you on Auburn. I got Auburn in the playoffs, so I, I agree that it may come down to that, but I don't think Ole Miss will be as bad as as uh, things seem no, right no, now. The Ole Miss is going to be terrible, man. Come on now. Don't, <laughs> don't <you're> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll have a gentleman's wager on that one. Uh, hey, I, I love a steak dinner. <laughs> I'm with you. Cool. Here it's done. I already owe Gio three of them, I think. <laughs> yeah, you do. You're going to come out on top of this one, Booger. Trust me. He never wins it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, uh, before you came on, we were talking about an article that Dennis Dodd wrote on CBSSports.com about uh, he was talking to a ton of coaches about marijuana testing in, in the NCAA, and, and we always talk about the NFL and how punitive we think these uh, it is to, to be caught with marijuana in the NFL. Do you think that the NCAA should be testing and the NFL should be testing still for for marijuana use in uh, with the, both football players and both college football and pro football still? Absolutely, man. Until you tell me that marijuana is legal in all 50 states and you tell me that the commissioners in the uh, NFL and the head of the NCAA say it's okay, then it's against the rules. So that's the thing that I go by. And, you know, sometimes, man, like, like we can fall into this, this trap of conforming to society now and wanting to be part of this millennial generation that everybody wants to be cool and smoke weed. Whatever happened to good old morals, man? Like, good old morals. If your kid or my kid was walking down the street smoking weed, we'd almost knock the hell out of them. But now, all of a sudden, we're asking questions on the radio. Do we want to allow kids to smoke weed? Like, where are our morals at? And for me, I'd say not only no, I'd say hell no, just because I honestly think that, number one, from a moral standpoint, and number two, from an ethical and rule standpoint, it shouldn't be done. So you're asking a guy that's really anti-marijuana, anti-weed, and for all those people that said, yeah, it's good for pain management, I played football from 13 until 30. I never heard a guy said, man, I wish I could smoke some weed to get rid of this pain. The only time <laughs> I heard guys say smoke weed is when they wanted to get high. And so all of a sudden now that's changed overnight just because all of a sudden there's some new study that came out. I, look, I completely call BS on that. You played for the wrong team, man. It helped us with pain on those sorry teams I played for. Yeah, because y'all was terrible. <laughs> they were. So you, re you really think it's a morality thing, though? I mean, you have it. There's no progressive 
thought at all in your mind? Do you really think it's it's something that you know is is that bad where you would you know rip it out of a kid's hand and and, and punish him uh, at this point? I mean, you don't see any any sort of th- thought process that has changed in the last Gio, twenty years or so. Gio. How many kids we got, Gio? Uh None right now. I'm thirty five. Okay. None. No if, kids. If if you had a fifteen year old kid that was playing football. Would you be okay with your 15-year-old kids sitting in your living room smoking weed? Just well, count. I mean, 15 seems a little young. I think when okay, guys get to college in the NFL, they can make their own decisions because at that point, I think they're adults. Gio, I asked you a question and you avoided it. I didn't avoid it. I didn't avoid it. I said no at 15. No, but we're not talking about 15-year-olds. I'm talking about okay. college football players and NFL players. Then. Okay, 17 then. Because 17, 17 years old is what I was as a freshman at LSU. So if, if your 17-year-old son was in the middle of his freshman year at whatever, Duke, and he wanted to smoke weed because he had an ankle injury, would you be okay with it? Uh, if it was going to get him suspended and not play, I would not be okay with it. But if it wasn't, then I'd be totally fine with it because I don't think it's that bad of a thing. Well, just a difference of opinion. And, and, and that's why I think this is such a hot topic around the country. Yeah. Well, we appreciate your honesty. We love talking to you. Were you working out just now? It sounded like you were a little out of breath. Uh, I'm not only was, was I working out, I'm still working out. I'm on I'm I'm about minute number 35 on this bicycle right now. Oh, man, look at you. Oh, wow. Look at I, There's no way I'd do an interview and, and be able to work out. I'd fall out. <laughs> Putting us to shame. Well, there, I mean, there were a couple of times I thought I was going to fall out in there, but I, I managed to hold on. <laughs> See, we'll, we'll smoke one for that pain. <laughs> <laughs> Booger, hey, thanks. Appreciate it, guys. All right, thank you. <laughs> thanks, man. There goes uh, Booger McFarland. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.